Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. I know what you're all thinking. You're all thinking, damn, Jake's arms look toned. What's he been doing? I was right? thinking that, yes. Most of the time. Yeah, like that's, <laughs> that doesn't really count. I went to Costco on Monday uh-huh. for um, a, a quarter pound all beef hot dog and a medium soda for $1.50. If you don't all know that, uh, <laughs> that's a Costco deal and it's wonderful. Have you ever tried the the chicken thing? I just was the, reading about this the, the other day. The $5 rotisserie chicken? No, like or the chicken wrap thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got like a chicken Caesar. What are Caesar. you doing with your hands, Rev? He said a chicken He's... wrap, and then he put his hands out like talons in, like in, in opposite directions. <laughs> <laughs> he he picks up a wrap like an eagle getting yeah. a fish out of the water. <laughs> I, was, I was giving it a friction burn. <laughs> uh, yes, I've had that, and it is good, but nothing... Nothing is as much bang for your buck yeah, as the dollar fifty hot dog and drink. Okay. Are they heavy? How is this like how is this making your arms stone? No, no, I'm getting there. Because oh, okay. while, while I was there. Because he raised so many how of them. How many did this. you get? I was out of, <laughs> 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 it's not about weight, it's about reps. <laughs> it's a it's a dollar fifty it's per not- hot dog and drink, and I've got a lot of dollars fifties <laughs> in my bank account. <laughs> or did. <laughs> or did anyway. No, I was but I was out of I was out of Coca-Cola at home. And so I was like, oh, I'll get that while I'm here. I'd never gotten it there. Costco sells Cokes in a 35-pack. It's like a what? it's like a whole cardboard pallet. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed me one of those, and I hadn't gotten a cart because I was just there for the $1.50 hot dog and soda. <laughs> so I spent a little bit of time at the aluminum church here, like carrying these <laughs> under, underneath each arm. I, I wondered why our apartment looks like a loading dock now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I don't know exactly what they weigh, but if I had to estimate, it's about 115 pounds each. <laughs> and I just had one oh under gosh. each arm, <laughs> struggling, <laughs> farmers carrying 35 packs of Coke, and then having to stand in the line uh, and wait for my register, and just getting bemused looks from people who know I didn't have the foresight to grab a cart. Yeah. Well, those looks were because you had people bringing over the hot dog and drink to set on top and waited. <laughs> I don't think I could lift one of those, even if I had gotten a cart. <laughs> I would have to ask an employee for help. <laughs> ask they, someone to push it for heavy. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'll ride on top. Might as well. I was concerned because I, I usually just put like the case of drinks on top of our cabinets. And I was like, this is going to take our cabinets off the walls. Like, this is too much weight to put on top of the already full of stuff cabinets. You're never going to get that security deposit back? No, God, no. How long do you think it's going to take you guys to get through all of that Coke? Oh, not as long as um, not as long as long you might hope. <laughs> and I don't drink caffeine, so. <laughs> no, it's it's all me and... They go. They go. I mean, thirty-five quick. cokes. We'll we'll assume you have a, a guest every now and then. Fool. Fifteen days. Is that generous or too lean? 
I probably drink at least two a day. So yeah, maybe so could, maybe thereabouts. Yeah. Then, yeah. Five for a guest, six for a guest. How many I don't was have it guests. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm definitely like interested in what is the end point going to be? Like what day are you like, this is the last Coke? I'll try to keep track. I'll, I'll try to remember <laughs> to send you all, to ping you all. Hey, <laughs> FYI, here's the last one. And then I'll go back to Costco and I'll get my gains again. Nice. No carts allowed. No carts. This is our new challenge every month is <laughs> yeah. how much so, can Jake buy? Oh, yeah. So I got I got you all Costco memberships and, and we're all going to go work out together. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of people who are jacked, our buddy JGameZ. Oh, yeah. Uh, he asked me the other day. He, he So Tass is going to, uh, on Wednesday night for the month of April, switch to Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Wonderland? Adventureland? Wonderland. I think it's Adventureland was a film. Wonderland. Oh, that makes sense. It's not Tiny Tina and Peter Pan. <laughs> You're right. It's Neverland. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I ran a story about that. You'd think I'd know. Uh, but he asked the other day if he could join us on Wednesdays to play that game. And so I guess he's finding out right now as he listens to this intro that, yes, he's going to join us on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Do you have a thought about what you're going to play, Tass? It's tonight. <laughs> he's got <laughs> next week. Next week, it's fine. <laughs> he's got a whole week. <laughs> it's really going to suck if he's behind listening to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. Um, I've sort of purposefully, besides like watching a little bit of gameplay and stuff, I haven't really looked into like what all the options and stuff are. So I don't, I don't know what I'm going to play yet. Okay. I'm sure I'll have one for when I'm playing by myself and then one specifically for us when we stream so that it's yeah. you know always starting from that same spot. I'm probably only going to play at least for now when we stream cuz I've been sucked into Elden Ring. Ah uh, yeah yeah yeah. Well that's oh, fair. Oh god, me too. Oh, man, I am enjoying <laughs> that game way more than I thought I would for it being a Souls game. That's great. I'm really enjoying all of the out of context memes cuz I don't know anything about it, but everything <laughs> I've seen so far is really um just confusing as hell. Yeah. I like it. Kim and I did a stream the other day where we played at the exact same time uh, and I made Rev I made a little spellcaster, and I've, I've stuck on that character, and I've abandoned my main character to keep playing that spellcaster because magic is awesome. It was very fun. Rev and I played, like, two different archetypes. Like, I played more of a traditional um, melee fighter with, like, a big two-handed weapon, and he was uh, a spellcaster. And we... I could see his screen and we tried to like coordinate to like sort of tackle the same dungeons at the same times to see like how the different approaches went regarding the bosses. It was a lot of fun. So it was either she could look at my screen and either see that I had already defeated the boss or that I was running. That's really the two <laughs> modes for a mage is, is running away or the thing's dead already. Um, and then lastly, just a reminder that we have our monthly AMA coming up next Monday if you'd like to join us over at twitch.tv slash the crit show uh, with that it's time to get into the episode we are outside of the Walden Preserve in Salem Connecticut and we see a black Range Rover tearing down the road a large helicopter lands a little further down the road and the black Range Rover swerves to give it a wide berth continues forward and then busts through the gate that is guarding the entrance to the Walden Preserve. Wallace, what are you doing? I'm still following my little improvised rangefinder. I hope that whatever they're doing pays off, but if these things are still moving, then I'm still following just in case. All right, so you are able to continue to follow, and the driving becomes a little difficult because there are pretty quickly driving paths 
that do not match up with where this detector is trying to tell you to go. Well, I shift the Range Rover into four-wheel drive, and I'm off-roading. I'm driving through trees. I mean, I can't go as fast, clearly, but I am diligently following that trail. I think this is going to be an act under pressure. Stop it. <laughs> you stop being so dangerous. No, no I'm, I'm talking to me. Oh, okay. Seven. So you can continue to follow this tracker off-road, but you're eventually going to come to a place where you're not going to be able to get through anymore. Or you're going to draw some unwanted attention as you follow them through this terrain. Or the car is going to get so muddied and bogged down um, that it's not going to work right when you do decide to stop. Uh, I, I think I'll reach a point where I have to proceed on foot. So you follow after this signal, and about a minute and a half goes by as you're going through what starts to become some pretty swampy areas. But then it does lead directly over a very large pond. And if you try to go around it on either side, it's very thick, dense marshland. Okay, I'll back it up a little bit so that it's parked somewhere like that I'll be able to go when I need it again. Mm. Uh, and then I'll grab my gear and grab my tape recorder and start trying to follow this path on foot. So which way do you want to go? Do you want to try to wade through the water? Do you want to go around into the marshy area? How do you want to traverse in the direction it's telling you to go? Uh, is this like a like a wading depth of pond or is this like a swimming depth of pond? Hard to tell from here because it is very algae covered. Man, I think I toss the trench coat and the fedora in the car and I go swimming. I can't let this trail go cold. Okay. So you're going to go swimming. You've got Obviously, the recorder up in one hand so that it doesn't get dunked under. Uh, is there anything else you're going to try to keep out of the water? I mean, I'm not taking the laptop. Uh, <laughs> I I think I got to leave the camera behind. I know that I told Chester I'd get a photo, but uh, hopefully I can get a photo of a corpse because it will be destroyed on this swim anyway. Um, I'm, I'm keeping my gun with me. I'll try to swim. You know, it's in, it's in like an under-the-shoulder holster. I'll try to kind of keep that arm being the one supporting the tape recorder and like kind of swimming with the other arm mm. to keep it not totally submerged the whole time. Yeah. But I, I just hope it'll still shoot okay despite this. Yeah, and what kind of gun is it? Uh, it's, a, it's a Magnum. All right, so a revolver actually, from the research that we did here in a pause, uh, can still be fired okay when it is wet. Uh, but the bullets, when submerged for a long period of time, could have the powder wet, in which case they won't fire. So I think what we're going to do here is a luck roll to see how your bullets turn out. Okay. 11. All right. Meta knowledge, your bullets will be okay. And probably somewhere someone is furious with the decision and the conversation <laughs> I've just had with you. <laughs> well, you know, it's a fictional world. It exists parallel to ours, but it's not the same. Yeah, so. and that's the one difference. And that's the only difference is how guns, water, and bullets work. <laughs> All right, so you start to wade into this pond, and as with a lot of nature preserves, it's very thick algae, um, lots of lily pads and stuff, so it's getting on your clothes. Like You can see where the algae and stuff is just clinging to you, um, but you are able to make it through. You get out to about the center, and as you continue further on, the signal starts to get weaker. Ah, oh, no. Um, yeah, I mean, I want to swim around a little bit to confirm that this thing is honing in on the center of this pond. Why don't you roll investigate a mystery? Okay. Uh, eight. You get a hold one. Where did it go? You do get the sense that it is directly 
in the center of the pond. Um, but as you're swimming around trying to get a reading around the pond, you do notice that by one of the trees, there is a large opening made by the roots of the tree that is right by the edge of the water. So it makes a little opening and it seems like it's big enough for someone to fit in. I think I'm just shaking my head knowing what I'm about to do. <laughs> I'm going to swim over towards that opening and, uh, Try and get a look inside, listen close, see if it seems like anything's going on down there before I just dive in. Yeah, so the opening is actually above the water. Um, it's right on the water's line, but you can see that it does continue on into the earth directly in front of you and then slowly start to turn away as it starts to angle down. So there is no water that is going into this entrance and down. Are my senses picking anything up from the entrance? Can I hear anything? Can I smell anything? Uh, it smells very earthy and it smells of decomposition. The air is very still and stagnant. You don't see any light. Um, and I think that when you try and listen, it's hard to tell. The water is lapping around behind you. So it's, it's a little difficult to try to hear if there's anything down there. Okay. I'm going to break off a branch and like plant it in the ground nearby here to leave a trail. And then again, I'm just going to shake my head in fury at myself and proceed into this tunnel. As you proceed into the tunnel, it's very dark, very muddy. How are you proceeding? Are you trying to light something to show your way? Are you using your hands along the wall? I've got the gun in my right hand and my left hand on the wall, and I am just slowly and carefully stepping foot over foot and keeping a hand on the wall to feel where I'm going. And I'm still, I'm just listening and smelling, trying to get an idea of when I'm approaching something. It takes you a few minutes. It's a very gradual decline down into this tunnel and it goes out wide before it starts to come back in. You feel like that you have walked the entire diameter of this pond before it starts to move towards the middle. As it starts to move towards the middle, there's a sharp 90-degree turn in the mud, and up ahead you can see little flicks of light. I'm going to creep that direction, see if I can get eyes on something. Why don't you roll read a bad situation? I think I should. 11. All right, you get to hold three. I think for starters, what's my best way in? You know that these creatures move through the earth, so whatever was moving through here was not them. So it seems like this would be an okay way to enter because it's not a way that they would be thinking about. Okay, uh, then I'll keep scooting forward here um, until I can survey wherever this light source is. Yeah, you move a little further up and you can see that there are a half dozen torches inlaid into the wall around this stone room underneath this pond. And I will say that it is a stone room in the sense that it is stonework. It is laid floors and walls. And from where you're at, you can see a patch of the ceiling that is still dirt and not stoned over. Uh, are there any dangers I haven't noticed? In the far corner of the room is the white draugr. It is currently closing its rib cage and shrinking back down to its normal size. Aiden is cowering in the corner in front of it, having just been ejected from the ribcage. But as you see this playing out in front of you, you can just barely hear the sound of 
liquid dripping onto stone. And you remember seeing the three draugers as they appeared, and one of them was dripping this black bile. And it's just out of your sight, like directly to your left if you were to enter the room. So it is there doing something, uh, but can't be seen by you at the moment. I think I've got to ask again, what's the best way to protect the victims? The best way to protect the victim would be to create some kind of distraction, because now that Aiden is here and underground in a place that they feel is safe and secure, they're probably not as attentive. And so if you could create some kind of distraction that drew their attention away, it might give Aiden an opening. And as you're sitting in this tunnel watching from the corner where you can't see, one of the droggers speaks up. Well, Drixie, where is Hawkins? You should check on him. He should be here. And and the white draugr, Aldrixi, turns. Callista, he will be drawn here when the time is right. Give him time. Hawkins knows how to deal with problems. Very well. Let us prepare our work. Damn, I was kind of hoping that <laughs> that the Aldrixi would go, good call, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to sneak back out of here. Uh, I'm going to head back for the car. Okay, um, are you taking as much care and time to get out as you did to get in no because i think worst case i'm a distraction and that might give aiden an opening in and of itself all right so you're able to make your way back up this gradually ascending ramp back out into the pond and across the pond to your newly acquired range rover i'm gonna start looking around in this thing just to see if there's anything like handy anything that jumps out at me as like could be useful in this scenario. I don't know what a vampire lady would need as far as effects in her Range Rover go, but I hadn't looked it over yet, so I should. Yeah, I think that as you look through the Range Rover, the first thing that happens is you hear in the distance some roars and the sound of a helicopter blades starting up, but that's someone else's problem. <laughs> you look through this Range Rover and you find some road flares some orange cones, uh, one of those compressed things of uh, like flat fix that really just ruined the rim and the tire because it injects it with that sticky foam. Okay. Maybe a little box of snacks and a packet of blood inside of the glove compartment. All right. Uh, I am going to pocket that can of fix-a-flat and the snacks. So the blood seem, is it like a like an IV bag, like human blood? Yeah. I, I put that back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to grab one of the flares and I'm going to take my tie off and put that in my pocket for a moment. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to get in the driver's seat and I'm going to start inching my way toward the pond. I know this is going to damage the vehicle and it's probably not going to work anymore, but that's okay because I don't think it's going to work anymore either way. Okay. Yeah. What are you trying to do here? Like describe to me what's happening as you're inching this car into the pond. Do you want me to tell you the plan? You just want me to hit you with the plan here? Uh, yeah. All right. So there's that that patch of unstoneworked ceiling, right? Yeah. Right at the middle of the pond. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drive the Range Rover into the pond, and I'm, I'm going to kind of feel out how deep that's going to get. I'll probably, I might just swim back in there real quick to see exactly how deep it's going to get. Oh, okay. In fact, let's say I, I do that. I, I'm going to get the range to the edge, and I want to swim down and just see if it seems like this thing's going to be totally submerged uh -huh. or if like part of it's still going to be exposed if I drive it into the pond. Yeah. So it's about 
eight or nine feet deep. So depending on how exactly you did it, I think like the the back end of it could still be out of the water if it went like in fast enough that it went nose down. Um, if you gradually drive in, you probably could get the whole thing submerged. Okay, then I'm going to try and rush it in there. I want this thing to go in nose down. I need the gas tank exposed is what I'm going for. Okay, yeah, so why don't you give me, because you're trying to get this in a in a particular spot, uh, so why don't you give me an act under pressure? <laughs> Always. But I think you do get the plus one ongoing from your previous read-a-bad situation. Okay. Of, of having spotted that area in the mud. 12. Uh, and that is one of my advanced moves that I, I literally don't think has ever come up for Wallace. All right. So what do you get with that? On a 12 plus, you may choose to either do what you wanted and something extra or to do what you wanted to absolute perfection. And I would like to do this to absolute perfection. All right. So you were able to get this Range Rover into the water. Uh, you see a downed log and kind of use it to launch yourself just a little bit so that the nose goes up and then the butt goes up and it plunges headfirst down into the water. Okay, uh, I'm going to climb back up towards the hatch of the trunk uh, and pop it open and I'm going to pull my tie out of my pocket and I'm going to open up the gas tank and I'm going to dip one end of my tie in there and get it nice and soaked and then flip it around and get the other end of my tie in there and get it nice and soaked. And then I'm going to leave it hanging out like a wick. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pop one of those road flares and light this and fuck back off out of the water because I want to blow up the Range Rover on that patch of dirt at the bottom of the pond. <laughs> and I mean, maybe totally flood. I'm not sure exactly how flooded this will be. And I'm really, really hoping that I can get to Aiden before this goes bad for him. Okay. But I can't think of a bigger distraction that I can do with the tools at my disposal. All right, so you light this. How are you, exactly are you getting away? Are you trying to swim away? If so, where? Yeah, so that's what I wanted rather than just dumping a road flare in the gas tank. That's what I needed the tie yeah. to give me time. So I think I like light the end of the tie and then you know I I jump as far as I can like off of the end of the Range Rover here and hurry back towards the uh the edge of the shore where that tunnel is. So you are able to get over to that tunnel as the tie is burning. Um, what do you want to do once you're over here? I'm I'm moving down the tunnel quick. I don't know how long it's going to be before this thing goes off, but I need to be down there when it does. Okay. So you are making your way down the tunnel. Uh, I think up above we see the fire on the tie burning into the car, and then it vanishes. You get to the bottom of this tunnel and... Nothing quite happens right away. Then all of a sudden, there is this explosion underneath the water. The sound that you hear isn't the explosion, but it's the shrieking of the metal as it is torn apart. And instantly, that dirt floor caves in and water starts to fill the chamber. The two droggers look up at the explosion and the water pouring in, and Callista moves over to it and grows as she goes and starts holding her hands up in front of the water, trying to hold it in place. Aldrixie comes over behind her and is trying to get a sense of what happened as these pieces of metal and burning plastic start to also come in the hole as the remains of the Range Rover are forced in from the pressure of the water. I am sprinting over towards Aiden. All right, I think this is act under pressure. Uh, that's an eight, but I'm still going to spend a point of luck to make sure that this 
goes according to plan. All right, mark your luck, and you are able to move across this room. Aiden in the corner looks up and sees you, and he doesn't recognize you. But at the determination that you're showing, you feel a familiar probing in the back of your mind that you have not felt in a very long time. You know that it's Aiden reaching out to see what your intent is, what your emotions are, and it's like he recognizes it. It's like he suddenly does recognize you, and this smile spreads across his face, and he gets up and starts moving towards you. You are able to scoop him up and start moving out of the tunnel as this chamber continues to fill with water. Yeah, um, I'm running flat out, uh, and I think once we're in the tunnel and out of earshot of the droggers, uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm tearing up. I'm trying to hold it back and keep it together in the situation. But like I say, Aiden, it's, it's been a long time, kid. Don't worry. I'm going to get you out of here. Okay. Wallace, is that you? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. It's me. What happened? You got so old. Well, that's what happens, you know, when, when time goes by and I don't look, I don't know what's, what's going on with you. And right this second, we don't have time to figure it out. Okay. So we're going to get out of here. And if I say run, you just run. Okay. Okay. And as you make it to the top of the tunnel, the first thing you notice is that the pond is completely drained. From the hole emerges Aldrixie, and they look around trying to figure out where this came from. And then in the distance, you hear the sound of gunshots and another Draugr roaring. And Aldrixie grows 15 feet high again and starts to move in the direction of who you know is Hawkins roaring my first instinct is to head back in the direction of the rest of the team but that's where this thing is clearly going and frankly keeping aiden safe is more important to me than literally anyone else in this place right now i think i set him down and i tell him to to run i gesture and we're just going to start running like perpendicular to the line between here and where that fight is going on uh and i'm trying to get us to an intersecting road and i'm just listening and watching and watching the sky through the trees when I get a view, just trying to keep an eye out and keep us out of sight. Why don't you roll read a bad situation? Okay. Uh, that is a 12. And this is another of my advanced moves. Oh, what do you get on uh, an advanced read a bad situation? Uh, you may ask the keeper any question you want about the situation, not just the listed ones. Oh, so like once or three times or... I think three times. Okay. I mean, because it's hold three and spin them to ask questions. And on a 12 plus, you can ask any question. Oh, yeah. What do you want to know? Where's the best place for me to go to keep us safe and be able to let the team know that we're safe? Probably someplace highly populated, like someplace with buildings and roads, like the exact opposite of where they brought him. Um so that one, you have technology to contact them, and two, you know that the Draugrs can't just pop up out of the ground. What's going to be my quickest path to a ride or a form of transport to get me somewhere populated? You saw a couple of roads leading around, like you could drive through this nature reserve and see certain areas of it. And when you came in, you did see someone working in that front office, but you didn't see a vehicle there. Um, so you imagine if you follow one of the main roads that, that probably leads to a place where people who either work here or have come here to like look around or take photos park. Uh, I'm going to beeline it in that direction, and I think I'm, I'm going to hold my last hold for the moment. 
All right, so yeah, you are able to make it around to a main road and you start traveling down it because you imagine that it probably dead ends at a place where people would park. And when you get there, you do find a Jeep that is forest green with a black canopy uh, and it is parked there in the ranger spot. Is said ranger nearby, visible? Yeah, you don't see anybody. Does it seem like this is far enough away from the action that Whoever this is, they'll be okay. Um, I think that might be my last hold. Uh, oh, I see, I see. My, I want to know if I need to find this person and evacuate them with me, or if I can just take their car and know that they'll survive this situation. I think that you could assume whoever this person is, is the person that was up there close to your team. So either your team is taking care of them, or maybe there's no saving them. <laughs> okay, then, yeah, I'm going to put Aiden in the passenger seat and... Buckle them in, and I'm going to get in the driver's seat and hotwire this car. And as you get yourself and Aiden buckled into this Jeep and get it hotwired, the air is filled with sirens. And in the distance, you can hear Mother Hen's propellers getting louder as she climbs into the air. Uh, I'm going to reach over and pop open the glove compartment as I drive and rifle around in there to see if there's like a, an emergency phone or like a sat phone or something. Why don't you roll luck? Eight. So there is one in here, but it's one of those, instead of a sat phone, it's like a, a walkie-talkie phone where you can still use it to make calls, but it also acts as a short-range radio. And you don't see any reception, but the radio seems like it would still work. I'm going to bloop it and see if anybody's on the other end. Back on Mother Hen, Ranger Dave Garmajan is looking at all of you as the helicopter takes off, and on his belt... A little radio makes the bloop bloop sound, and he looks down at it and picks it up. Hello? Hey, is this the ranger? And you all hear Wallace's voice coming out of this walkie-talkie. Yeah, how did you get that? That's in my car. Yeah, I'm also in your car. Um, I don't suppose you're on a helicopter with a bunch of folks right now, are you? I am. Could you uh, put one of them on the line for me, please? Okay. And Dave just holds it out. Jake, get that. <laughs> yeah, Jake, did you, you get that? Hey, my hands are full. Do you mind? Uh, I'll grab it. <laughs> okay. Wallace, you're okay. Yeah, I'm good. What became of all of you? I mean, it seems like you're making your exit, but uh, what happened? Uh, we, we had to do a tactical retreat. Those things were messing us up. Are, what, what's happening? What can we do? Well, you can meet me somewhere far away from this place because I got Aiden and we're on our way out of here. Wait, you already got him? Yeah. What do you mean already? It took a while. Holy shit. Okay. Uh, yeah, where? I, uh, anywhere. Somewhere well-populated where we're not going to be overlooked or overheard because nobody cares. Right now, I'm just off-roading my way back out of this nature preserve, but we need to go somewhere with a lot of people. So, uh, there's a Costco like 15 minutes south of here. You guys want to meet me over there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you want us to get eyes and just follow you in in case, are you in any danger? Is anything following you? Not as far as I know, but yeah, I sure wouldn't mind an eye in the sky. All right. How's Aiden doing? Is he okay? He's all right. He's, uh... A little shell-shocked, I think, and we got some stuff to talk about, but he's good. He's alive. You are an absolute rock star, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yeah, when Wallace says that he is cool with us getting eyes on him, I think I would head up to Everett. Yeah, you go up to Everett, and he is starting to turn the chopper around uh, as you see all of the folks from the fire department arriving, starting to deal with the flames. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Uh, looking across the nature preserve, do I see the vehicle at all? Uh, why don't you roll read a bad situation? Eight. You get a hold one. 
Uh, okay, I'm going to go with, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Because I am looking for the vehicle, but I am also worried that he's being followed. Yeah, as you watch out over the preserve, you saw the large blue and white Draugr starting to head back in. And you can still see the tops of their heads just above some of the trees. And you notice that they're no longer heading straight. They have turned. They're starting to move east. And your eyes start to follow the direction that these two Draugrs have turned. And in the distance, you see this green jeep bouncing through the field as it off-roads towards the nearest road. The white and blue Draugr start to drift apart as they run in that direction. And from between them rises the black Draugr. And it is massive compared to the other two. It's standing 25 feet high, moving very slowly, but covering a lot of ground with each step. And as you look on out of Mother Hen, you see the three of them starting to close on Wallace and Aiden. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Dum Dums and Dice would like to welcome you into the Mythos Mysteries, a live play pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imagining. Our story begins with two erstwhile companions on a long and winding road. They think they are fleeing danger, but greater horror awaits them when they arrive. For they are not just running away from mortal danger, but towards the Mythos Mysteries. Whoever you are, we're not scared of you. You hear a voice from inside that says, Please, help. I'm inside the dresser, help. Now I need you to listen to my very explicit instructions here, Adrian. Okay. Please ready your punch and fists. Yeah, they're always ready. Now I'm going (laughs) to... I'm going to open the door. Okay. And we're going to look inside the dresser. What if we don't? Could we not? (laughs) I need you to be brave for me. Okay. You were always very brave. Okay. Okay. So we're going to open the door and you're going to look in the dresser. And then what? And then if I tell you to. Yep. We're going to punch it. The dresser? (laughs) (laughs) You said I had to be very explicit. If there is someone in the dresser. I'm punching. We're going to punch him. What if it's a ghost? Well, then we're going to have ourselves a fun time. Like a party? (laughs) Like a birthday party. Okay, so we'll do some dancing and there will be a cake. Hopefully the ghost brought it. Yes. Okay, I can do this. Okay. I'm going to open the door now. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to open the door. You open the door and the dresser is back upright. All the drawers are back inside. But now it is next to the window and the bed is in a different corner. Of course it is. And the blood is pooling on the floor instead of the ceiling. It's dripping up. The Mythos Mysteries. Episodes are available now.